BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 161st episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My big man, how you doing? Dude, uh, I I mean, pretty good. (laughs) Like, uh, think about, uh, I've had a, I've had a pretty cool few days and yeah. uh i have a pretty pretty cool few days and uh got a pretty cool week or so coming up so i'm doing really good in life just feeling really fortunate about where i am and you know and yeah got to got to see sunny salt lake city utah which honestly if you would ask me uh places that i would that like my bucket list of cities to see that would not have been on there like mm-hmm. i would no just wouldn't have been on there at all but it was a very cool city everything's nice and compact easy to get around 
Uh, public transportation's pretty cheap, so uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, man. I know you had a busy weekend with all of that craziness going on, and we'll let you get into all of that. And of course, AEW has not been uh, shy in having uh, wild shit go on uh, with Dynamite, House of the Dragon, and all different kinds of things that was happening. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today on the show, but before we get into everything, uh, real quick, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you guys listen to us on this uh, wonderful uh, podcasting platform, whichever one it is, uh, please give us a share, your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review, let us know how we're doing, but the easiest way for you guys to support us is to just follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please go ahead and check out every show they have on their network. All of them are quality. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, And before we get into the big news of the week, Floyd, did you want to go into a little bit more detail on what your weekend consisted of? So this weekend, um, you know, uh, this started back in June really quick. I'm going to skip through the the buildup, but uh, start in June. When my friend Dave went with me to Boston and West Virginia to follow FTR for my birthday. And after that, I was like, dude, if you want to do anything for your birthday, you know, just name it now. We can go do something, right? So, of all things, Dave picks. Dave is a diehard UFC fan. And now, like, I've watched UFC fights. I would not call myself a fan. But, you know, uh, people beating on each other in general, I'm down with and so he's like, well, uh, I have a goal of seeing a major show or event in every state in the U.S. Uh, uh, every state in the U.S. So, um, you know, what, you know, uh, I have not done anything in Utah. UFC, I don't even know what it was, number, whatever number it was, 178, I guess, uh, was in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah in September or in August. He's like, it's the week before my birthday. You want to go with me? And I was like, dude, I'll make it work. Let's go. It's really close to all out. I don't know, but we'll make it work. I'm like, the dude drives, uh, dude, uh, drives 20 hours over two days with you to watch your favorite tag team uh, wrestle. You make it work. So I flew in to Salt Lake City, met up with Dave. Uh, had some good barbecue. We watched a little wrestling, you know, because I got in on Friday. And then we went to a UFC event. So I decided the weekend I'm going to wear all FTR stuff. Straight every, <laughs> every day I'm going to wear FTR. So uh, g- get dressed. I made sure I made sure he was cool with it. I was like, I don't know. I don't. I didn't want to embarrass my friend that in his uh, real fighting people. So. I got my FTR shirts on and we went to and my red shorts and we went to UFC at the Vivant Arena in Utah with a bunch of UFC I mean UFC people. First of all, it is definitely for me, I noticed a more casual environment. You know what I mean? There were some hardcore UFC people in the shirts and all that kind of stuff. But it was just a lot it felt like for the most part, a lot of people that wanted to see like human cockfighting as they like to call it. Uh, <laughs> me personally, I, I tell people this all the time. I am not a UFC fan. I am a watch person get knocked out fan. So when I go to UFC, 
I don't care whether it's a great technical fight. I'm there to see blood and violence. Mm-hmm. Basically, the Black Black Pool Combat Club, but you know, real. You know, uh, yes. or, or or excuse me, unscripted would probably be the best term. That so, would be the term probably a lot of people would like. Yes, yes, unscripted would probably yeah. That's all. Stick to it. So yeah, so that's what I go to see. If it goes to the decision, it was a bad fight. Everybody's like, man, that was a decision. That was a great. No, no one won. <laughs> the the people that didn't get punched in the face decide who won the fight between the people that got punched in the face. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So so I'm watching these fights and the preliminary. So I'm getting there and there's the energy. I mean, these dudes are happy. Everybody's drinking. And let me tell you, drinking is is, in that way. It's just like professional wrestling. It starts off. Everybody's drinking and happy. And as the night goes and more drinking happens, people get less happy. <laughs> so yeah, so we make it through the prelims, see some really good fights, see some good knockouts, people rooting down there. And you know what I found out? What is that? Sitting next to Dave, who is a fight fan. He is the technical art of fighting, right? Dave is a very positive person like myself, so everything's a good fight, right? You know, yes. even stuff I thought was terrible, he thinks is good, which is great. I find out the people of Salt Lake City, Utah, there are way more Floyds than there are Daves. Oh, yeah. Every time they were just in a hold or they were in the action, the crowd started booing. Yep. Like, hurry up and fight. I didn't mm-hmm. come here to see you great technical wrestling. I came to see somebody get punched in the face. In that case, and in that point, the UFC crowd were my people. I was like very <laughs> proud to be a part of them because I, I, I don't boo. I, I have, I have this thing. I don't boo unless I'm a wrestling show and I'm playing along the hills are booing. I don't boo. I will never boo people trying their hardest. I'll never boo my football team. I'll never boo my basketball team. There are people, they are out there making a living, giving their physical effort, doing the best that they can. I will never boo them. Man, a lot of other people did not feel that way. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so there was a there was a ton of booing, some great fights, and then we got to the main card and uh I don't have like a lot of favorite fighters, but I love this guy named Luke Rockhold. I like Luke Rockhold cuz he's an action fighter. I mean, he's always going. He's had some really cool knockouts in the history. So, uh he was wrestling this Brazilian guy don't remember his name. And they had a fight <coughs> where, like, literally, dude was uh, exhausted in the second round, but he still kept throwing spin kicks. And it was just like, it was clearly he was done, but he still managed to put on an entertaining fight. So shout out to Luke Rock, Rockhold. Highlight of the night before the big highlight of the night, as I'm trying to kind of get through this because I'm not trying to make the show last three hours, uh, uh, is Josie Aldo. Now, me and you were in Chicago for the first dance, right? What is it called? The first dance? Yeah, it was first dance. Yes. Right? So we were in Chicago for first dance. And I have to say, as far as wrestling moments, that's the loudest I've ever heard a crowd. Like, when Punk come out, 
loudest I've ever heard a crowd, yes. right? <clears throat> so I don't go to UFC fights, so I did not know this kind of uh, existed until Josie Aldo's music hits. Yeah, Jose Aldo. Dude. No, and, and just to clear, it's Josie. I don't know Josie? why. I don't know why, but they pronounced the J in Brazil. So it's Josie all the Okay, fair enough, I, fair I, enough. I, I know. Someone corrected me. So I was like, I'm going to help my boy out. Let you know. Josie Aldo and God, the reaction when he came out. The damn thing was shaking. I'm just, you know, like, it's weird when you're outside looking in. I literally just start looking around, spectating. I'm not cheering. I just like, oh, my God. This, like, people top of the roof. Just going crazy for this man to fight. And then he does what I would consider lays a fucking egg. Like, he was the... I I mean, all I heard about is Josie Aldo's this monster, this killer. And he was not aggressive at all. Like, at all. He wasn't aggressive at all. It was crazy. And I think he lost the fight because he just... I wouldn't even say he lost the fight because he got beat. He lost the fight because he didn't do anything. And, yeah. and and this is like, again, novice. I don't know. I have no problem admitting that. But yeah, like everybody else is like, he didn't do anything. And I was just like, oh, okay. That was a shocking. So we get to the main event. I'm kind of disappointed with the main card. Of course, Dave is telling me how great the main card is and how much I should have <laughs> loved the day card. Cool. I love Dave. So I take his word for it. And I was like, so we get to the main, main event and... I don't know if you saw the main event, but uh, I did not know there was five rounds. First round, uh, Kamaru uh, Usman, undefeated, number one pound for pound fighter in the world, uh, against Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards had lost three times earlier in his career. Kamaru Usman uh, had beat Leon Edwards in a decision, right? So yes. they said Edwards, such a well-rounded fighter. He's the guy to give Usman trouble. So first round, uh, he gets a takedown on the U- Usman. He gets the everyone pretty much consensus says he wins the first round. Usman then dominates the next three rounds. I mean, taking him down at will, punching him in the face at will, just physically dissecting a person. Pretty mm-hmm. much doing everything but knocking this man out, and I'm like, I start looking, I start looking at my phone. I'm like, this is fucking over. This dude's freaking killing him, and and honestly, Edwards wasn't throwing. That was the biggest thing. It didn't look like Edwards was being aggressive. And you're being the challenger. You expect you to be aggressive. <clears throat> so fifth round comes around. Three minutes and fifty five seconds of the fifth round was just all Usman just dominating this man. And then and he looks like this man gives up. Like it he's given up. I literally text JR in the, it, like I will say the text came about 30 seconds before this happened. I sent him a picture of a I sent him a gift that said lame and boring at 4 uh, 11, and then at 11:54 at 11:56 uh, Leon Edwards throws a right hand and like he knew what the guy was going to do. Usman ducks out of the way of the right hand. And while he's ducking, uh, Edwards' left foot is coming up and it connects with Usman's head. Mm-hmm. One kick, the dude is out before he hits the ground. 
and it was a thud when his head hit the ground. Oh, yeah. Referee, n- no checking, just immediately waves his hands off, fights over. In <coughs> two words got messaged. Holy fuck. <laughs> With the ex- all caps exclamation point. Holy fuck. Because I was done. I was literally getting my stuff around me up so I could walk out because I didn't even need to hear the decision. Yep. Holy fuck. This dude knocks out. I jump out of my (laughs) seat. Everybody does. And new. Yeah. One UFC show in my life. Probably the only UFC show I'll go to. Because honestly, I'll tell you why that in a minute. Leon Edwards beats the undefeated pound-for-pound fighter in the world who had dominated him pretty much the whole fight. One kick to the head, night, night, inward. (laughs) (laughs) You got knocked the fuck out. Oh, my God. New champion. America. You're hearing Leon Edwards like, I told you. You said I didn't have a chance. Yes. Every person I talked to before this fight told me this man didn't have a chance. You said I didn't have a chance. You said I didn't have a chance. Look at me now. Look at me now. And new world champion. I I like messaged everybody I knew that would care. I tipped my head off to Leon Edwards (laughs) because when everybody gave him no shot, when it looked like he had given up, he had one trick left in his sleeve. He had... It was, he had one trick left in his sleeve. It was a Hail Mary. It was all the different sports uh, analogies you can hand. Like an RKO that's been set up out of nowhere. He knocks the man out. Man. And then my friend's like, that's why I go to shows. I'm like, okay. I feel you. It was an amazing moment. One of the best sports moments I've ever been a part of, right? But I kind of had to sit through 20-something minutes of boredom exactly. on them to get to it. So I'm not signing up for that because 99% of the time, Usman kind of just fucks around for the next minute, and then you get a decision, and everybody goes home bored. But today, I got the greatest knockout of all time, and it feels like a walk-off moment out of UFC. Exactly. If somebody asks me, hey, what happened in the one UFC fight that you ever go to? Not only did one of the be- a moment of the night happen, literally one of the best moments in UFC history. It is an all-time moment. <clears throat> That's my one night at UFC. And then while he's cutting the promo or doing the interview, I call it cutting the promo because I'm a wrestling fan. I think with wrestling brain. But while he's saying what he's saying, there's a camera angle, and it pans out into the crowd. And this is on the UFC's Instagram page. It is a picture of me with Dave. Now, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody understands Venn diagrams, but what's the Venn diagram of a man that has been on TV uh, with every AEW pay-per-view and then that UFC pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. It's, probably, it's probably me. I am the Venn diagram. Yep. <laughs> it's got to be. I, I doubt anyone else was at every one of those shows. Probably not, no. Yeah, then, and yeah, like close enough to be on TV or whatever. This is crazy. It's a moment. Five out of five, five stars. I love the UFC show. <coughs> Dave had to, 
de-escalate a fight in the crowd with drunk people. Of course, of course. But it happens at wrestling events too, so I'm not holding that against them. It was a fun time. Vivent Arena is a perfect arena for uh, mixed martial arts because where we were, we were just high enough where we could stare right into the thing. We didn't miss anything. It was as fun as anything I've ever been a part of as far as that moment. And yeah, USC is awesome. Uh, it's awesome. I'm like, like I said, I'm not where we sat for the same price where we sat in the hundreds. I'm going to be fourth row it all out. So if I don't see, if you don't see myself spending money on UFC, that's probably why. Well, there you go. That was a that was a busy busy weekend for you. I'm glad that the show went well. And again, I saw the I did see the knockout. And yeah, you definitely get to see a main event of a UFC card that delivered. Depending on whatever the hell else the rest of the card had. But if you if you can if you only go to one, at least you got to go to one where motherfucker got his fucking brain destroyed from a knockout shot. So. Yeah, hell of a hell, hell of a moment there. It was, it was. Yes, but we'll get back now to the wrestling talk. We'll get back now to the AEW talk. The now the big news of the week is what's taking place when you guys are hearing this show uh, tonight on Dynamite, which is the AEW World Title Unification match. It is not being saved for All Out. We are getting this now, and uh, honestly. That'll lead us right into Dynamite because we cannot talk about Dynamite without all the things that were surrounding what started off this show, which was my boy, CM Punk, coming out. And he steps out, and uh, he's got like a full-on game face on as he gets into the ring, and he actually says, like, you know what? I try to keep my game face on, and then you guys just you switch that up on me right there. So once again, he's, yeah, you guys make me smile. Fans make me smile. And then he goes... Now, I haven't been here in some time. I have some business to attend to. Uh, some important, some not as important. And he goes, there's uh, somebody that's around here, which is Charleston, West Virginia, and someone who's around these parts, he'd like to challenge to a rematch, and he wants to do it right here, right now. He sits down, lays the title across the floor, and goes, Hangman Adam Page, you want a rematch? You've got it right here, right now. Let's go. Nobody answers, and everyone's like, what? Oh, Hangman? Oh, shit. And then... No response. And Punk immediately gets up and says, "Um, you know what? That's not cowboy shit. That's coward shit. And that's when he then closes that part off when saying, a little bit of advice. The apology better be as loud and as public as the disrespect. And we're going to jump off of that real quick before we get into the rest of what Punk said in the promo. Because reportedly from reports from Wrestling Observer and Fightful and others of that sort. That was not uh, part of what the promo was supposed to contain. Now, again, AEW promos aren't heavily scripted in that regard. They are at least bylined on what you'll be talking about, but no one knew Punk was going to do that, apparently. And uh, now, apparently, according to other reports... There's some heat going on between Hangman and CM Punk, and there's a little bit of the locker room that's siding with Punk, a little bit of the locker room that's siding with Hangman. A lot of stuff's been going around, and of course, my favorite pastime, which is how many times are wrestling fans going to share the Triple H promo of him talking about CM Punk in the contract signing on SmackDown 
How many times are wrestling fans going to use that promo to be like, oh, look how much of a bitch CM Punk is. And, oh, look, Triple H was right all along. It, I counted at least a good handful amount of times because, again, most of you wrestling fans are one-dimensional and are predictable as hell. <laughs> now, as I calm down my saltiness a little bit, uh, I will pass it off to Floyd because I talked to him a little bit during the point where these uh, ha- reports were going around and around and around, and Floyd was eating this shit up. So I will go ahead to Floyd, um, and he can tell you about what his what was going through his mind when all this stuff was going through and all of these reports were coming out. So I'm watching it all, right? And I'm seeing everybody talk about CM Punk. They're basically talking about the factions that have built up in AEW and all that stuff, and I am laughing my ass off, right? The reason being, is because so there's two things that's going through my mind. First of all, um, AEW's numbers have been kind of stagnant for a while, right? Yeah, fair you, enough. You know? So I'm like, you, you need to do something different, right? Feels like this is something different. Now, mm. I've heard, oh, this is not a work. This is not blah, blah, blah. Cool. Okay, one of the nicknames for VOW for one of my favorite bookers of all time, Mr. Tony Khan, is Mid-South Tony. That's what they like to call him, right? He, he likes to garner back to the times, the old times of wrestling and storytelling, right? You know what I thought wrestling was when, in the 80s when I was young? You know what I thought it was? Real. Was real, right? All the problems, all the beefs, everything was real. If you asked a wrestler, was their show real or fake, they'd punch you in the face for asking the question. That's how it works. So the idea that wrestlers would be playing along with the storyline to build bigger matches while telling everybody that this is not the plan does not shock me at all. So... I personally, and you call me an idiot, you can call me what you want to. I've never cared. I've always had my opinions. I don't really care what people think of my opinions. I think this is all an elaborate work. All right, so I will I will bounce off of Floyd's idea, actually, and what he thought uh, with a little bit of something of my own. Um, I also have to say, too, the uh, being the elite moment where Hangman, we found out the explanation is, oh, why did Hangman not come out? Oh, it's because he was training the Dark Order in a closet, pretty much, for the trios tournament. It's like, I want to see more violence. I want to see more sex. Uh, hey, punks in the ring. Shut the fuck up. Like, such a funny moment. But we were getting more reports as to why the heat was there and why Punk seemed to have an issue with Hangman. And the reports said the reasoning was during the buildup towards their match at Double or Nothing, Hangman said some things that alluded to the broken friendship of CM Punk and Colt Cabana. And I went back through every single one of the promos. Every single one of them. The face-to-face, the one of Hangman where he said the masturbatory Bret Hart tribute match. I went back to that one. I went back to every single build-up promo. I found nothing. Unless you're speaking in coded language, I see nothing. It was the workers' rights comments that was the one i knew would be like the thing that would be like okay that would be the one that maybe would jolt at you but i would also say if that's the thing that gets under punk's nerves or if that's the thing 
what the fuck was the last few months with Eddie Kingston and MJF? Because let's be fair here, the nobody wants you here, they never wanted you here, that to me was a more burning line, honestly. No, no, but that's the whole thing. And this is how I see it. CM Punk's a professional. Yes. They said, hey, we're going to say this shit about you, right? Yes. And and it's going to be up. And it's a part of... It's not scripted, but it's a part of the script. He knows it's coming. When he was face-to-face with Hangman, the things that Hangman said, he didn't know was coming. So he was caught off guard completely, and that pissed him off. And, you know, he was home. I mean, he won the title. He probably was going to do it fairly soon after he won the title, but he got sent home. You know, I mean, he got hurt. He had to go home. So he's at home, you know, not working, you know, stewing, thinking about it. And he's like, dude, when I get back, ooh, when I get back. And, you know, all this time, you know, it's time for, you know, Hangman to go apologize, to make a, make try to make it right. And, you know, we didn't hear anything from it. So dude's like, oh, yeah, when I get back, I got you. I got you. And he came out and got him. And so, there's two ways I see this working out. If it was completely out of line, it can still work. Yes. Because even if it's completely out of line, you have now built up your next two feuds if you want to. Exactly. And plus, we never got the re- we never got the rematch between Punk and Hangman for the title. So they, that's, that's more heat to that. So you got Mox this week. And you're probably going to get Punk and Mox again. I don't know how that's going to work. You're probably going to get it all out. But then they have another major show right after that. So you get Punk. Maybe Punk wins both matches. I don't know. Punk ends up the champion. Let's just say it that way. Right. Uh, Punk ends up the champion. We get New York. You do CM Punk versus Hangman Page in New York. Boom. That's another sellout right there. Come on. Punk on top versus Hangman with actual real tension in between oh my god oh yeah oh yeah feed me it feed me it feed me it and I, and again like i said um Give me <laughs> there was also there were also reports about how punk was considering no showing the show <laughs> and also um what what does dynamite this week that we're li- that that you guys are listening to where does that take place oh that takes place in cleveland ohio that's where he walked out in, in back in 2014 in WWE. Isn't that a little quinky dink? Yeah. Like, he, I keep telling people, he walked out to WWE. He didn't walk out with the world title. You know what I mean? He didn't exactly. walk out the guy. You know, he's the guy in AEW. He's exactly. the unquestioned number one star in AEW right now. Everything is built around him. A lot of speculation on whether... Cody would still be there if it wasn't for Punk. There's a lot of speculation on everything. So that being said, with uh, that being said with CM Punk, that dude ain't walking out. He ain't walking out no. that contract with the world title. Uh, I like I said, I don't know what's going on backstage, but I I I've said this before. I feel like they want you to believe more is going on backstage than is going on backstage, and I love it. Because I'm going to play right along with it. Don't get me wrong. I am going to, like, because uh, the only problem I saw with this, it looked like 
I felt like from my social media point of view, some people might be on different parts of social media, that it was starting to divide different fans. Yes. The fans were taking sides. Like, oh, yeah. The fans, like, I am, there's this CM FTR side. Then there's the Blackpool Combat Club side. And then there's the Elite side. And I'm like, man, you want to talk about faction wars? This is dope. Oh, yeah. This is dope. And I'm just, like, loving it. But then I feel like the fans were starting to take it seriously. Yes. And that's my problem with it. I will say this. Calm down, please. There is no sides to take because no one knows 100% what's going on. No one does. No mm-hmm. one. Not, yeah, you are back there. You're like, oh, there are some people I know, friends I know that have friends that probably know more than all of us. But you know what I've never done? Ask them. You know why? Because I don't really want to know. It's just fun to play along with. But as long as you're having fun. Like, we buried uh, Hangman on the way to Double or Nothing. We're punk fans. It was fun. I actually Mm -hmm. love Hangman Page, just like you do, right? Absolutely. No, again, like I said, I I give so much shit. And like I said, (laughs) the way I view it, too, is that, like, like, y'all might be seeing a heel CM Punk sooner than you think. And with that being said... When he turns heel, I'm turning my like fandom into overdrive. That would be the most like yeah. like if I if people were already sick of me before, they're gonna be even more sick of me. Like yeah. when he's like, "Fuck you, fans!" I'm just like, "Yeah, you tell him. Yeah, you tell him." Yes, and that's how we'll be with FTR because just like when Cody was a heel or whatever, whatever or whatever F- whatever FTR does to you, you deserve. Okay. Whether it's cheating or beating you up or whatever, you deserve it. Why? Because FTR did it to you. And that is my team. And that is how I feel. I support them wholeheartedly in their villainy. If they decide to be villains or if they decide to be good guys, I'll I'll support them too. Because they're the best no matter what they are. But... Yeah, so I'm looking forward. But we're we're enjoying it and we're not buying like, like... full-heartedly like oh my god fuck Heyman for this sh- bullshit or like how could he be so disrespectful it's like i, I don't care like okay. again like yeah. i these like are, Heyman and i like punk these are grown men doing their job you know what i mean have i worked with people i don't like absolutely you're like floyd doesn't like people no yeah i i dislike people some people more than you would like i would let on because i am a professional I know how to be a professional. And all of these grown-ass men know how to be professionals. That's all I... Yes. That, that's how, so, that's how I see it. That's if, what, if you see it any differently, hey, I respect your opinion. Yeah, so you know what? That's what that is. And then Punk got on the mic continuing to go now, this time at John Moxley, and he's like, listen, uh, if I understand John Moxley has a lot of fans. He can be number one in your heart, but he's not number one in, your, in this ring. He's like... You can boo if you want. Tell me when I'm telling lies. John Moxley has always been number two. He's the third best guy in his own group, which seems to be a recurring theme in his career. And it says he's been interim AEW world champion. We'll look it up. It means temporary. And John Moxley is the and he also talked about how like Moxley um is the third best member in the group and he said that um um he can't even get along with his friend Eddie Kingston. He can't even get along and get that sort of thing. He said, um, which he's he hasn't beaten the 
the third best Eddie I've been in the ring with, the second best Kingston I've shared a locker room with. He's like, these people aren't number one at anything. And Punk talks on how he's number one, he's the best, I'm the true AEW world champion, I'm going to defend myself, my my title, test myself, and um, he's not even going to be the first John I beat in Chicago for a championship. And that's when Moxley comes out and he says, look, he's dropping pipe bombs, doing what he does best, writing checks his bo- with his mouth that his body, while he shakes his foot, can't cash. And he says, you think that microphone in your hands is power, but it's like, listen, this is the real world. You live in a fantasy world. In this world, it's just a microphone. The words you say don't mean shit. That belt on your shoulder doesn't mean shit. My belt doesn't mean shit until I beat you. Once again, Moxie goes, he's the heart and soul. And Punk goes, good, be the heart and soul. I'm the dollars and cents. And again, how is the, how do you not take that in a heelish way? How do you not? But regardless, Moxley says, you came to AEW because you ran out of money a long time ago. You ran out of fighting spirit a long time ago. And these guys were going back and forth, back and forth. They started brawling. Security had to split them up. And you got the build up, and now we're gonna get this match tonight. And when you guys are hearing this, I'm fucking ecstatic for it. And once again, I will say, I could give a fuck else about the backstage shit in this regard. All I know is that CM Punk, John Moxley, we are getting the unification match on free fucking television, which is crazy. Um, I won't bat an eye at it, though. I will. I will happily take it. Um, regardless, I'm. I'm very bummed out. I won't be able to attend that because it would be a hell of a show to be at. Uh, um, but it's very simple right now. It's CM Punk up. That's that's how this shit goes. It don't go no other way. And I will say too, if Hangman finally grows a pair of balls and actually does something, then he really is the coward shit. Because I don't want to see nobody else in that ring except CM Punk and Moxley. Moxley is going to sleep, and uh, that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, I have so many, like, way too far comments to make about this, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 most of them have something to do with uh, what you do after you drink. Uh, you go to sleep. But, uh, yeah, I'm going leave to leave it at that. Moxley looking a little, a little tired. He's been carrying the team for a while, you know. He's been yeah. fighting everybody, you know. He's so tough. It's tough. Tough Mox is tough, right? Yeah. So CM Punk is going to do Mox a favor tomorrow. Mox needs some rest, and he's gonna put him to sleep. He can go home, spend some time with his kid, you know, and uh, and that's great because he, he looks like he needs a nap. He looks a little tired, you know. Didn't look as didn't look as uh, energetic coming through the crowd this time. No, you know, you know it's like so. Mox is going to uh, uh, Mr. Punk is going to take his place back on the top, back as the king of his throne, and I am looking forward to it. But I will say this: CM Punk has been out for a while. I imagine his cardio can't be where he, it is. And this is not me speaking as anyone that, it, that ever works out. But I imagine when you take long periods of time away from doing what you do, you might be, you know, might not have all the same energy that you did. So the type of fight I would like to see is that I've seen it with Eddie Kingston. I would punk with Eddie Kingston. I if you know, if we, I don't know what the result's going to be. But I'm looking forward to it, like a 15, 20 minute just 
honestly, that might even be too long. Just knock down, drag out, fight. I'm talking both dudes bleeding at the end. Go go to sleeps, bulldog chokes, uh, bulldog chokes, anaconda vices. I want to see it all, and it's all happening on cable. I am loving this. I am excited for this. If I had time to take the time off, I would be having people over to watch this because this is as big as it gets. This is a real match. You, If you're going by AEW history, you are going to get a finish. You are going to get a winner. You know, This is not like, oh, it's probably going to be a double DQ. I'm not saying it won't be, but if you're you, sometimes our our brains get in that WWE mode and it's like, oh, no, it's, they're not going to give us a winner on TV. AEW gives us a winner on TV all the time, <laughs> you know, so more than likely we're going to see this. Is, we're just going to see a banger match with two people that don't like each other very much. And I'm excited for it. I am as well. Um, we then had a quick backstage segment with Powerhouse Toms giving an explanation about why he did what he did to Ricky Starks and also giving a threat to the factory to not get in his way. That's pretty much all that was. We'll move right in to the two out of three falls match between the American Dragon Brian Danielson against the Dragon Slayer himself from the JAS, Daniel Garcia. This match was outstanding. This was a very damn good match, and honestly... The highlight of the entire show that didn't surround uh, CM Punk, in my mind. This match fucking rocked. The way that Danielson was uh, beaten down at the beginning of this match, and the Dragon Slayer himself was really taking it to Danielson, just lighting him up. These guys were striking the hell out of each other. The great little turnaround that Danielson was able to get to be able to get that uh, match uh, evened up at one apiece was awesome um and then um making sure that once he tried for the dragon sleeper for a second time to win again that was able to get the trap for the pin and then these guys were just fighting tooth and nail in this match bloodied each one of them daniel garcia was put in the triangle then he was able to put him in the label lock and at that point daniel garcia was out brian danielson gets the win and Danielson is then cheering and clapping for Garcia as he's still like trying to go after him, and he's completely dazed. Um, and then Danielson's getting the crowd on his side and sticks his hand out uh, towards Garcia, and then that's when Chris Jericho, who was on commentary, flies into the ring and beats the shit out of Danielson. But Garcia turns him around and stops him. Jericho uh, then is like completely taken aback. The crowd's going nuts chanting for Garcia, and then my favorite part of the entire show, like this crowd had an amazing uh, response to this story, and it's when they were chanting, you're a wrestler. Outstanding moment. One of those things that was like, wow, that like, really helped add to the story and really helped add to the moment as well. Jericho was like, you think about what you've done. like You think about that. And then he gets out of the ring. And then Garcia kind of looks back at Danielson as he's like looking back up after being knocked down and then he leaves. Awesome moment. Like again, honestly, other than the punk stuff, this was the highlight of the show. This did such a great job of like building this bit up and Garcia is just getting better and better and better and getting a huge spotlight. They are doing a great job of taking care of, of Daniel Garcia and making him look amazing. Okay, the cool part to me is, and I and I 
And I think this is the really awesome part is that over there's been discourse on wrestling a long time about whether you have to explain to people what you what you want to happen or whatever. Do you have to spoon feed the crowd, right? Right. The, you're a wrestler. AEW told this story without telling this story. I mean, Daniel Bryan uh, or Bryan Danielson mentioned him when he was talking about building up a faction. He's mentioned him before, you know, but it played out naturally to where the crowd could see that. And you saw the matches with Moxley and all the matches Garcia had that he belonged in the Blackpool Combat Club. They didn't have to do uh, 12 vignettes saying, will he or won't he? No, they just let it play out. And 15 or 10 or how many thousand people got the storyline and finished it for them and said, Boom, this is where it should go next. Now, does Daniel Garcia join the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, or does he stay with the Jericho Appreciation Society? I don't know. I have no clue. But it's built out to where the fans have are invested in where Daniel Garcia goes, almost like an like elevation moment. And I just thought that was really cool, how this match played out, how they kind of left us in a cliffhanger, and it's just like, dude, in the end, I'm like, I'm hoping Daniel Garcia stays with the Jericho Appreciation Society because it's going to be weird for me to say this. It's not that I don't want him to turn face because I actually like Daniel Garcia, but I want him and you to fight. I don't want them to be on the same team. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I am interested to see what the outcome is. I really could care less where they take it because... They've got they've got me hooked into just knowing like okay where are we going now like I just want to know I'm leaned in I'm very interested in seeing what happens. Um, we had a uh, tease for the match on Rampage between Swerve and Our Glory and Private Party for the AW Tag Team Championships. Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling then come out uh, and then that's when the premier athlete is interrupted because Moxley jumps see him jumps him and then gets back into the ring after knocking out Tony Nese and Mark Sterling and calls out CM Punk and then eventually Punk comes out again and security separates them again. These two cannot stop fighting each other and Tony Nese just disappears after that point. So it was just a continuation of how like these two want to keep killing each other, which gave them the explanation of like, we can't separate them. We have to do this next week. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was Dude, what that it's so creative. This is such a like, I imagine this has happened before in wrestling history, but when's the last time you just remember this happening? It's just like, I don't know if it's happened in your lifetime where this pretty much. Normally you get the one fight scene, like the one fight uh, yeah. uh, altercation or whatnot. Not, not where they come out and there's like, no, we want to keep going. Like get the fuck back out here. Yeah. This is catered for, uh, this is catered for this match to be the main event of all out. And they said, you know what? I know this is supposed to be the main event of All Out. I know All Out's in, what, 13 days or whatever. Screw it. You're getting it now. That's awesome. When is the last time this has happened in wrestling? It's pretty freaking nuts regardless. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so amped for it. Uh, we then had uh, Jericho with the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage basically saying he wanted Daniel Garcia in the ring next week face to face. Make a decision. Whose side are you on? 
And then Ricky the Dragon Steamboat comes out, interrupts him, and basically saying that if Daniel Garcia, and I see potential in the kid, if, I, if he wants to uh, truly elevate himself, he's got a better choice to be with uh, Danielson than with you. And then Jericho's just like, I haven't liked you for 15 years since 2009, you fucking goody two-shoes. And then um, they is like, stay out of our way. And then Angelo Parker gets Steamboat by the neck, and he's like, you stay out of the way. Listen to me, old man. And then that's when that stiff fucking shot to the chest comes from uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. What a moment. Loved it. Thought it was great. Um, and just so good to see Ricky. Like, again, like we didn't really see him much as the timekeeper. He was just kind of there. But it was cool to have him have a nice moment right there, I will say. Dude, the dragon themes through this whole show. Non-stop. Non-stop and perfect. And I watched House of Dragon. Love the show. Make sure you check it out if you can, because I thought it was I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, a first episode, and I'm looking forward to where it's going. So I love in the corporate synergy, and that's not a word I use a lot, synergy, but it's pretty cool going on, because, you know, that means they believe in AEW, and they're hoping, you know, some of those fans turn into fans of this show. So I don't know. Just all the Dragon references was really cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I love that. We then had the Varsity Blondes versus the Gun Club, which was a honestly just a quick win for the Gun Club. Um, they got the win very quickly. You know, it's kind of cutting time. You've, you've noticed some people not get signed back. I I don't know what this is. That match, they don't have those matches on Dynamite. Right? No, they don't. And again, like yeah, I said, I it was know. specifically for a moment afterwards. I don't know what that means for Ryan Pillman and Griff Garrison going forward. But that yeah. was, uh, well, at least them as a team, like yeah, this team is done. That, that was a super burial. You know, like you don't generally recover from that in AEW. Well, and again, I could see them walking around the back, like trying to get out of there pretty quickly. And I was just like, wow, because like literally, they, you didn't even hear the Gun Club's music after the match was over. It was just done. And then that's when Billy came in, started cutting his promo, and I was just like. Yeah, Griff and Brian, at least together, are done. Like, I don't know if they still see anything in Brian Pillman Jr. to keep uh, pushing him forward or whatnot. I don't know. Regardless of the fact, though, it's like this team is done. Like, once Julia Hart left them and, like, was part of the uh, uh, House of Black and then they didn't, they literally couldn't do anything to get her back, that would have been at least a story I could have understand them trying to do with. But regardless... This team is done. Like they're like again, you're gonna see like probably more and more of like just people that just aren't gonna be sticking around for the most part. And hell, we're seeing that a little bit still. And again, it's what it is. Um, but varsity blondes at least at this point, like this is this is that that team done so. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I just like like I said, I was like I kind of was shocked at how like just completely they were destroyed <laughs> this match like and they weren't it wasn't like it was like FTR or the Bucks no. or the Lucha Bros or something it was the gun club it was the gun club who had basically in a lot of ways been jobbed out a lot of times so it's just like I don't know why yeah like I, f- I feel like <laughs> Pillman and Garrison might be uh, over with at least yeah so but then Billy Gunn says like there you go. That's how you get things done. I've been hard on you guys for the past few weeks, but I'm proud of you too. I've done really great things in my career, but working with you guys is the thing I'm most proud of. Stokely Hathaway, while these guys are hugging, walks out onto the ramp with a smile on his face, and the gun club turns on Billy Gunn. Austin and Colton jump Billy Gunn, start beating the shit out of him. 
and then the acclaimed come out to save Billy Gunn and they just come out and they chase them away and as they look over at Billy Gunn you just hear uh you just hear um uh, oh god why am I blanking on his name Oh my God! Uh, uh, Anthony Bowens. Anthony Bowens. You hear Anthony Bowens scream at the top of his lungs, "Scissor me, Daddy ass!" And they fucking scissor, and it's a wonderful moment there. And I was just like, "That was cool to get that at least a little bit." But it's just like, okay, all right. So this this was fine. I thought honestly, it was nice to get the little re uh, moment of them getting back together, even though the turn happened. I swear, like literally, like less than a month ago. And now they're already friends again and shit like that. And I was just like, okay, sure. Like, that's fine, I guess. But it was a cool moment. But, like, regardless, it was just like, all right, I guess. I, did, I mean, it was, eh. <laughs> Austin, Austin, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> no. Like I said, the moment was cool. But I just, I got no, I got nothing I can say else about this. No, it was. What happened? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It was like, it was just kind of like what was supposed to happen, happened. Uh, I know a lot of people were like, uh, they didn't want, you know, the Billy Gunn thing worked. You know, it, it did work with, uh, it worked with the claim. Uh, and it was time for the gun club to pivot. It was, it was like they had, I think they had went as far as they could go in that situation. And, you know. We are where we are now, so let's see how that works as far as going forward with it. But uh, I'm looking forward to what they got planned here. The Stokey Hathaway has built him a nice little faction. And, yeah. Uh, you know, with uh, Ethan Page and Lee Moriarty and um, the Gun Club. So it's kind of it's kind of like um, it's kind of like TK came up to Stokely and like, okay, I got these guys that. I think there's something there, but I don't know if there's something there. Right. What, what can you do with them? Because that's what the four is. You know, if you look at it, it's like Lee Moriarty was kind of directionless. Ethan Page uh, was just kind of Scorpio Sky kid, uh, sidekick for the while. The Gun Club have meandering around the mid to lower card. Okay, they're about to get represented in a different way under Stokely Hathaway and the Hathaway family or whatever he's going to, or Stokely Hathaway Enterprises, whatever they go with, whatever they go with the name. And I want to see how how he elevates these people. Yeah, absolutely. Jungle Boy then. We get the Jungle Boy coming out next. And um, yeah. This was a um, interesting promo, I guess. I, I the the way that this uh, promo went along, honestly, was uh, I I understood where the the idea was going through, but I thought it wasn't executed to the way that it like to the best of its ability. Because Jungle Boy comes out and says, "A couple weeks ago, I came out with a special T-shirt made um, that got me in a lot of trouble, which was Christian Cage is a pussy." And yeah, he's like, "Yeah, um, it got me in trouble." Um, 
And I understand, but like, man, that shirt really did hit the nail on the head because for weeks I've tried everything to get Christian Cage to get him. I've tried everything I've got. Hit him with my hands, hit him with a chair, even tried to hit him with a car. And he said, it's done absolutely nothing. He says he just keeps chasing him around and all that kind of stuff. He's like, either I can keep chasing you, Christian, or you can man up and face me at All Out. And unless, of course, that was the shirt was right all along and you're just too big of a and then that's when Christian Cage comes out. I could hear the what chants coming out and Jungle Boy visibly got annoyed but didn't, but didn't clap back. I was hoping he clapped back, but he did not. Um, but you could see like this promo was layered out in a way that makes sense on paper, but it just didn't really get portrayed as well as I thought it could have been. Maybe I'm being a little bit too negative this week, but I don't know. I just thought the promo from Jungle Boy's part of it could have been done better. Is all I'm saying. But I Christian mean, comes. It's fair. Oh, he's not. Yeah. He's not great on the mic yet. I mean, could he be one day? Yeah, absolutely. But he's not there yet. Yeah. So that's that's how I felt on that. But then Christian comes out, chat says like, my answer is no. But it's not for the reason you think. It's like things are getting out of hands. Listen, if you don't believe me or not, I understand, but I, I'm proud of you. I had to go home, do some reflecting. I want to get in this ring, and uh, I know frustration boiled over, and it's when you lost the tag titles. And, like, we said some things. They didn't mean it, but I don't want to fight you. I don't want to wrestle you. I want to fix this. Like, listen, I want to go on another run because at the end of the day, we're family, and I love you. You're like a son to me. Come back home. And Jungle Boy has Christian Cage opening his arms out, and he just jumps right on top of him, starts beating the shit out of him. Eventually, though, Christian kicks uh, Jungle Boy low uh, as he tries to escape outside and um, throws him into the uh, barricade and was screaming how much he hated his guts. Jungle Boy then is able to turn things around, throw him into the steel steps. He then grabs Christian's arm, puts it on the steps, stomps on it, and then just fucking shoving his head back into the steps. And it's like, that vicious side right there, that worked great. I thought that was outstanding. The physicality in the uh, in the altercation was great. Um, if the promo before with with uh, Jungle Boy had been more on point, then yes, this would have been an, a kick-ass segment. It was still a good segment, but it very much could have been better. But they they definitely closed it out on a great moment for sure. Yeah, it's you know you're you're watching this man. You're watching Jungle Boy develop. And that's what that's what we're doing right now. We're watching him develop, and it's gonna it's gonna you're you're gonna have to get some stinkers in. You know that's how you're gonna get better. He's gonna watch the video. He's gonna go back and watch the video. See, hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And you know he'll be better next time. You know, so I'm uh I'm I I know I'm like if everybody's like Floyd's got to spin all the way out, but no, it's just like that's what's gonna happen when you. When you uh, are letting people grow in front of you, you know, this is like, this is a bad, this is, I won't call it a bad promo, but an unseasoned promo that you might have cut in front of 20 people at a, a 20 people at a, a farmer or armory or something like that. And no one would know that you did it this way, but you're doing it in front of millions of people. So it's like, okay, I can live with that because. I'd say in a couple years, and I mean, maybe I'm just being positive, but in a couple years, he cuts this same promo or something in a similar situation. He completely knocks it out of the park. Fans are yelling at him, and he tells them to shut the hell up, and he moves on, and it's a beautiful thing, and we're all like, oh, my God, how far Jungle Boy came, and I can't wait for that moment. But right now, 
not quite there yet. So, um, yeah, I thought this was a solid segment building to their match with, you know, the promo wasn't the greatest. I, I mean, this is as much as I am as nice and friendly and lovely as ever. Yeah, the promo wasn't great. And so, yeah, uh, but, you know, we can move on from there. We've said we move enough. on. Yeah, we've said enough. We had Tony Storm and Killian or Kylan King. My apologies. Kylan King afterwards um, with Thunder Rosa watching from backstage. Um, and this was, again, a, what, what we're used to with AEW women's matches and stuff like that. You know, the one women's match. And this was a match that genuinely could have been on Rampage. I like they did fine, but um, it was the build. It was it was the break match before the main event, which is what AEW women's matches have kind of become. I know I'm starting to kind of be like on a bit of a of a stretch of like, man, what the fuck? But like, I mean, again, this is a, this is an issue that we've talked about before, and it's still like you know we're not there yet with the women's division being like back to what we have talked about how good it can be. Um, and you know, this, this confirmed that we're getting Tony storm and Thunder Rosa at all out for the AW women's championship, which I am very excited about. I hope they do a great job. And I'm curious to, as to what the decision is, since this was originally supposed to be Chris Statlander, um, or at least that was what was being built up and what I saw at least, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really add anything to this cause it's, it's what we typically get with a women's match, um, uh, on Dynamite because it's literally just the lead getting into the main event, and yeah, I mean, like I, I, ju- I just don't have much else to add. I let me be honest. I had to go back and watch this match because uh, shortly, before, I believe shortly before this match, I don't I think we might have. Uh, did we skip over the FTR thing or no? Or did there happen? wasn't? Yeah, we there was. It's not on the list, but yes, FTR did. Uh, okay call a match for like the uh, we'll talk about what was happening on dynamite next week yes so they announced that they were going to be in a six-man match at all out against jay lethal sanjay Sanjay dutt and satnam singh now women's match aside they did a great job i honestly didn't see this at the time because your boy floyd was livid no, I wasn't yeah. mad. I wasn't mad. Okay. I am I, mad was three miles ago. I was livid. Because, <laughs> because, and I know people don't understand this. I have been led to believe that re- wrestling at its best is a meritocracy. You go out. You get over. You get famous. They book you better. I will ask Austin, as your your in this case, you would be very much an unbiased situation. Yes, person, unbiased person. You're you're not a super fan of anyone, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. Is there a hotter tag team in the world than FTR? I think the number of belts can tell you exactly what that answer is. All right, so they're the hottest tag team in the world. Not in my eyes. Not in my eyes. Oh, FTR fan, FTR Express Online, ignore me. They are the hottest tag team in the world, unbiasedly. On unbiased voices, everyone's saying it. All they do is put on bangers. And I'm, you I'm literally the- wearing an FTR shirt right now. 
and you put them in a nothing six-man tag match on your pay-per-view, not in a featured title match. And I'm not even saying with the AEW tag team titles. They have three separate tag team titles that they could defend at this show. And you put them in a six-man tag, we're already booked on the card is a six-man title match. So at best, they're the second most six important six-man title match on this card. Well, then also, too, let's not forget, too, because the other person in that six-man match is literally the TNT champion. Which you would probably say, if you're looking at AEW, the second hottest act in AEW. If not hotter, Wardlow could be hotter than FTR, honestly. How they pushed him and everything they've done, he might be hotter than FTR. And instead of them in featured matches where Wardlow's defending his TNT title and FTR is doing what they do best, is tag team wrestling, we just throw him in a match against Jay Lethal or honestly Jay Loser because all he does is lose. Sanjay Dutt, a dude that literally doesn't have a cage match entry since 2017, and green is to the gills, Satnam Singh. This match could be the main event on Elevation. And now you've put it on a pay-per-view. It's, uh, it's so uh, like again. And so typing and so pissed on it. I missed the Tony Storm match. I did watch it later, but I completely missed it because they kind of just threw it out there. Most people didn't even know. If you go to my social media where I, I get pissed about the match, most people didn't even know it was announced because it was done in such a throwaway way. Right. And you like. And then they didn't man. put it on Twitter or anything like that. Yeah. Yes. So, so again. Maybe this is all leading to, like, this is an FTR disrespect angle that we might get seeing get worked out. We'll see. I don't know. But, whoa, in that moment, and if it turns out it's a work, they had me. They had Floyd because I was pissed. Legitimately pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I'm very much confused in that regard because, like I said, um... I like Jay Lethal, I do, and I think there's still some promise for Satnam Singh in time. I mean, for Sanjay, yeah, for for Satnam Singh in time, but for a guy that we have not seen wrestle on Dynamite like nearly at all, like for him to be put in a in a pay per view match in this caliber like this early, like this can only be setting him up for for a bad sign. Like honestly. Like this is not going to do well for him, in my opinion, because again, if you're going to have if you're going to have this match happen, and you're going to have the like again what Floyd said, the hottest tag team in professional wrestling lose there, like you're going to have some explaining to do, like genuinely. <laughs> to me, it's almost worse if they go out and put on a ten to twelve minute, ten to fifteen minute banger, gets the crowd into it, and just win. It's just it's still like. I'm like, this is your team. You've done the work. You've done the work, Tony. You've you've given them wins. You've done the thing. You've booked them better than pretty much any tag team. Why not take advantage of them in this spot? Yeah. Again, I am uh I'm just confused. Um like I said, like these 
you could have so many fucking things happen. Hell, you could literally have Swerve in Our Glory, like, try to go after one of FTR's titles or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, right? and, and you know what? And if FTR lost, let me tell you, you wouldn't hear a word from me. Because I don't get caught up in all of that. That's, you know, it's, I, I play around, but I just want to see my team perform on the big stage in the big moment in matches that matter. And I don't feel like this match particularly matters all that much. I mean, no, it's it, it, it's just confusing, man. It's like the way that they've known that FCR is the biggest thing in wrestling and they've used him, them like that and then they kind of just stopped. Yeah, they can they can use them to get over an uh, uh, ROH show, but somehow when it comes to the big show, they are coming down to uh, celebrate with Punk at the end of Double or Nothing instead of being on the show. Now they're in a six-man tag with Wardlow instead of being in a major spot on the show. I guess I should be happy they're on the show. You know, I guess yes, yes but yes. also like you would think <laughs> those titles would be defended at like your second biggest show of all, like of your calendar year. You would think maybe that's just me. Yeah. No, okay. All right. So but enough we'll, bitching. We'll, enough yeah, bitching. we'll move on now. We we've we've said what we've said there. We move on now to the first AEW Trios Championship Tournament uh, match, Le Faction Inogre in which is Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee against Young Bucks and a mystery opponent, and it's Kenny Omega. And fucking yes, we Kenny Omega is back. Yes, visibly. Yes, you want to bring visibly Grump- not a hundred percent. You want to bring Grumpy Floyd out of his grumpiness. You get Justin. Uh, you give Justin the mic, and you get to get the North Carolina thing in there. And then Kenny Omega comes out. Uh, he said, uh, his favorite candy bar was the Charleston shoe. That was a line in there. And Oh God, let me tell you, as pissed <laughs> off as I was about FDR. That's how much that switch flipped. When I was happy <laughs> that the cleaner, Kenny Omega, the, the, the five-star match machine, the best wrestler in the world, if you want to go, to, if if you believe in such things, oh my God, I'm so happy Kenny Omega's back. Yes, I am is, as well. When he is not there, something is missing. I, you know, it's just period. And like, you can like it, you can not like it, but it's true. It's just he's the guy that you can put in a match with anybody, and that dude makes an arm drag look like the most exciting move you've ever seen in your life. And you wonder why everyone doesn't do the arm drag the way Kenny Omega does the arm drag, because he's just so such a great arm dragger. You know, and I just like, dude, yeah, I was flipped, flipped my emotion. I was completely like, just like, let's go. And he has the thing on, and he's like, I'm injured, and I'm not going to be going as well. Oh, my God. Perfect selling. I love. I just. I, I just love him. I just love him. I'm like he's yeah. not my favorite wrestler. I will always say I'm never gonna list Kenny Omega as a, my favorite wrestler. Has Kenny Omega ever had a match I didn't like? No. <laughs> it just never. No. He just never had a match I didn't like. Like it's, yeah. just a, it's like oh man, he's might. He, you might have a match where he says oh maybe he's not as good. 
But no, he's never had a match I didn't like, including this one, which was a six-man, a classic six-man banger. Even with him kind of playing up to in, yeah, uh, injured, a 70% Kenny Omega is still better than 90% of the wrestlers in the world. Yeah, and like I said, I could see him like where he went for the You Can't Escape and lands on his ass and shit like that. Um, oh, and all this. It was it was beautiful. It was just like in its simplicity. It's like, you know, hey, I just came back from being off a significant amount of time. No, I'm not going to come right out and be the cleaner that you already seen. I'm a little banged up. It's perfect. It 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 was beautiful. Yeah, just an outstanding great way to close out the show again. Uh the one thing I will say is when they won the match um and then Andrade attacks Dragon Lee as we're going to close the show. Bro, like literally like fucking as they're saying it, they're saying good night, everybody, and then Dragon Lee's getting his head kicked off by Andrade, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ! Amazing. Like that was a moment where it's just like, what? Uh, why couldn't that have just happened off the air? Like you could have just done it off air and then shared it on Twitter. As a person that grew up in the '90s in WCW world, it's a cliffhanger. It is. I, we gotta go, you know that kind of thing. And and I, I get it. Yeah, I don't think they did enough to do that. No. Say we gotta go, but you know it was a gotta go moment. It was like, oh, we're gonna leave you wanting more for next week. I thought that in that way, it was, it was really cool how it was done. But yeah, I, I get, I get where everybody's come from because I get what they were trying to do. It just wasn't executed that well. No, it just yeah, exactly. But regardless, that was AEW Dynamite. Bit of a, I will say, despite all the craziness, despite Kenny Omega, despite the CM Punk moment, despite all of it, kind of a mixed bag in my mind. I can see that. Uh, I, I mean, overall, I can say really enjoyed the show. Thought it was a really like just like really good episode. So, um, like like I said, the FTR thing threw me off. I wasn't prepared oh, for big that. Time. It threw me off. I, I gotta say, if it, it got me, I was like, I, I don't, I don't. What? What? What are they doing? Yeah, it was that kind of thing. It was like I couldn't find my words. And as you know, with me, that doesn't happen very much, as far as not being at, be, at being a loss for words. And I was, I was legitimately at a loss for words as to what they were thinking, what the plan is going forward. So we will see. We will see. Yeah, no, I will definitely see what they decide to do there. Um, we can now move over though to AEW Rampage, which um, again, kind of want to go through relatively quickly because, like I said, for the most part, at least in my eyes, Rampage hasn't been like must see viewing as of lately. Um, this show was better. I will say it was better than the week before. But it's still not there exactly the way I would like it to be. If that's like, man, I'm negative this episode. Jesus, Floyd, reel me back in or something. Oh, hey, I don't know. Hey, shout out to my boy Dave Brown. He is probably like, oh my god, they're finally saying stuff because the <laughs> one, one, the one uh, criticism if he has of the show is that we are the Pokemon. <laughs> Positively, yeah. Everything, like, oh my God, have a soul. Yeah, everything we say is sugary sweet. So you know, it was less than that this week. We actually had some gripes, 
So there you go, Dave. It is possible. Shout out to you. Hope you're listening. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want you to miss the episode you've been looking forward to. You know, <laughs> this is of course this is, not. No, this is the one for you. You know. So there you go. Yeah. We had Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor World Champion, uh, with uh, his Blackpool Combat Club friend, uh, the Pure Champion, uh, Wheeler Yu, to come out. And uh, Claudio comes out, says, great to stand in front of you as the ROH Champion. Great to be in front of my one of my idols, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He says, it's weird. Um, I'm, uh, I would like to uh, issue an open challenge uh, for next week. And Dustin Rhodes comes out. And Dustin Rhodes is like, Claudio, we have a long history. 34 years, I've dreamt of standing where you are holding a World Heavyweight Championship, and we've got a lot in common until you got here. You chased that belt for forever, and now you've got it. Now this is the dream uh, of mine. So if you accept this, I will give you the best natural Dustin Rhodes you've ever seen. And Claudio goes like, I know what keeps you going, and I know what's the reason why you've had the best run in your career. It's in right here in AEW. It's like, if you want a chance, you promise you bring your A game, you're on. And he's like, I will give you my word. I will see you next week in Cleveland. So Dustin Rhodes versus Claudio. That sounds fucking great, honestly. I'm I'm all for that, genuinely. This was a nice little cute way to open up the show. Um They they were a little bit heavy on like just the the promos and the stuff for Rampage. Like normally you kick off a match or something like that, then you start getting the segments and shit like that. But I don't know. It's changing it up a little bit at least. Yeah, uh, I just thought that was really cool. I love what R- the ROH title is. It's just going to be Claudio wrestling people and putting on really dope matches. So, yeah, let's do it. I mean, Dustin Rhodes and uh, Dustin Rhodes and Claudio—they're going to put on a great wrestling match. That's what they're going to do, and it's going to happen on Rampage. So, I ever you know he, trying to give us reasons to keep tuning in to Rampage, and I am all for it. Keep doing, keep going. All right, we had Ruby Soho and Ortiz backstage basically saying how they've wanted to get their hands on Sammy Guevara and Ty for months, and they said, let's do it next week. So, okay, something for Ruby Soho to do. And I at least can say that I have something like that. It'll probably still only be on Rampage, but regardless, something for a Ruby Soho to do. Hey, Rampage <laughs> is a national TV show, sir. It's just like, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. But I was just saying... Yeah, this girl is literally challenging for a world title. No, no, I, I, I completely understand. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, they're trying. They're gonna try with Rampage because they got to. You know, it just can't be. Uh, it can't be a throwaway show. So I am. They set up a title match for next week. Uh, There's, you know, setting up this mixed tag match. Everything's working out. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah, they are. No, they genuinely are, and I'm glad. I'm glad to see that. Um, it's just still not there yet, at least in my eyes. Um, we then had the tag match between Swerve and Our Glory and Private Party for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. It was good. It was fine, like a good match, honestly. I'm glad to see Private Party get a shot, at least, um, regardless um, of the fact that they still couldn't get... They, they, they stayed in there for a good bit, honestly, and I thought this was a good match. Um, I like the nice defense, and I just like... And like again, there's nothing really I can complain about with this. Um, it was just it was just pretty good, honestly. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I I want to see you say something 
good. No, they did a really good job. And, in, and they wanted to show the goal in the match. And I thought the story of the match was show that private party was improving. And even after the match, or, you know, Swerving Our Glory kind of gave them the the, ten, uh, the nod and shook their hand and told them, you know, you know, they did a good job. And, you know, that was really cool. thought that was, uh, I, I, is again, it was a simple enough story to understand. You wanted to show market improvement in private party. I want to see them get more work, maybe, uh, you know, with the ROH tag team champions or, uh, you know, get some more wins under their belt. Cause I just think I, you know, I was really high on them like a year and a half ago and it's just kind of storylines and different booking has kind of killed their momentum. So I'd like to see them get, you know, booked, you know, a little bit better and get back hot. Yeah, no, I, I would I would believe that as well. And I would enjoy that as well. Um, we had uh, the factory and QT playing cards uh, at backstage until Powerhouse Hobbs flips uh, their table and is like is mad that Ricky Starks wasn't taken out yet by them. He's just like, no, listen, listen, we'll get to him next week that was like it was almost as if they were literally doing their uh uh best bradshaw and farouk uh, parodies right there i felt like yes and it's like you know it's like you know you got the you got the factory there and it's like oh we'll get to him i'm like they got the heavy hitter they got the home run hitter they got the olympic medalist right there you know the the five uh mr 10 million dollars you know the future of AEW, Mr. Anthony Agogo. So I'm, I'm ready for him to go and knock Ricky Starks out really quick. I'm going to like that. I'm going to like that a lot. I'm like All it. right. I like it because I just want I want to see Agogo use more. I, I don't I know some people might not be as high on him as I am, but I want to see Agogo use more. OK. And uh, Hook defended his TNT, his FTW championship, my apologies, against the reality Zach Clayton. Literally, <laughs> is that what we're calling this a defense? Because no, 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 uh, it is just that. And then, like, again, um, you beat the shit out of him in like no time flat. Daddy Magic and uh, Angelo Parker were like, Oh, you uh, could be a sports entertainer, man. What if you were a sports entertainer? That would be great. Um, I did, I dug that, yeah. I, I, I got, I got, I got, I thought that was cool. Um, Buddy Matthews faced Serpentico. I literally could care less. I like Buddy no, Matthews, but no, I was like, why no. is Serpentico here? So I did like something out of this. A lot, you know, it, it was the idea that Hook beat the guy so fast that they had too much time left, so they had a standby match. And this was the standby match. I don't know. That kind of that kind of stuff pops me. The fact that it was like, oh, we didn't expect Hook to just destroy the guy in three seconds. So hey, we had to we had these two guys in the back. Okay, y'all go out there and fight because you know what Hook did. And I, I just thought for some reason that got me. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I understand it's it's a cool idea, but I just didn't. I maybe for me at least it wasn't. Uh... For me, at least, it wasn't it wasn't uh, showcased at least the way that it could sell it as much. Like if it was really if it was really rushed to get everybody out there, like maybe. 
But I just, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I, 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 we got Grumpy Austin today, y'all. We got Grumpy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I got my ass kicked in Madden. I don't know. But yeah, like, regardless, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, regardless, like hey. I said, like I, 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 maybe it's just because I only like things with CM Punk. Maybe that's it. Maybe I am what people say I am. You know, but like, it's almost two o'clock in the morning where you're at. So I understand, you know. <laughs> but just know, when we get off the phone, whenever that happens. You get to see Puck wrestle today. I do, and he'll win the championship, and I'll be in a much better mood. Yes, probably. it's like okay, <laughs> if he wins the title, we'll just do another show right after, so we can get happy. Yeah, Austin. then you'll get a very happy Austin. <laughs> yes. Um, regardless, though, um, Miro comes out. He's got Malachi Black's mask. Buddy Matthews tries to go after him, but Miro just beats the shit out of him. And Miro's asking where the pagans are, and thought that was a funny line. Um, Miro's great. And then we had Penelope Ford versus Athena. This was fine, honestly. Um, I gave Athena more momentum. The baddies jumped in and tried to attack Athena, and Jade Cargill and Stokely come out. They started, uh, uh, they were on a ramp, and Jade has a sledgehammer and destroys the awesome angel wings that Athena wears when she wears to the ring. And uh, she gets in the ring, uses the sledgehammer on Athena, and yeah, good building towards this match. This I thought was one of my favorite things about the show, honestly, because this this was built off of what we see in Dynamite. I think it gives fuel to this uh, feud. I like this a lot. There you go. Now that's cool. Okay. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We got a Austin. There's my Austin. That's my partner right there. <laughs> It's the Austin I remember. Hey man, listen, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I say what I say. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's like. Hey, hey. I don't think what I'm asking for is too difficult. No, nah, no, like I said, hey, it's just I wasn't <laughs> familiar with this guy that I was getting, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's my guy again. There's, there's my, there's Austin. There is, uh, yeah. I mean, Jade, oh God, Jade. She is just one of those people. I, I, I have to say, I'm in awe of, I am, I don't like, I, 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 I like just want to poke her on the shoulder in a very respectful way, just to make sure she's real, not in any type of way. Cause she literally looks like someone drew her. You know what I mean? She looks unreal, unreal. It's like, she just, God, she should be sculpted designed her dna should be taken and tested to make more of her we need an army of jades good lord yeah good lord it's just like it's just like i hero worship jade which is (laughs) that's how that's how that's our relationship with jade is she is she is my hero you know she is that just like it's like she is a real life superhero I, she I genuinely feel, is, yeah. I feel about her physique the same way I feel about The Rock's physique. And if you know how I feel about The Rock and any of my many social media posts, you should know that I that is the highest opinion I could give any other person. It's just like, oh, God, when she comes out there, she is a clear star. This match is great. I'm looking forward to her working with Athena. I've always been a fan of how Athena works. I mean, I've never necessarily understood her character all the way, but that jumping, uh, you know, the leaping stunner 
is uh, one of my favorite moves ever. I thought that was one of the more creative moves I've ever seen. So they're obviously building to this, hopefully at All Out, and I will be glad that I get to be there for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. We move to the main event of Rampage, the another trios title tournament match, Best Friends versus the Trustbusters. Um, now, I personally have... Uh, not much interest in the Trust Busters. I will say this was a good match. Um, best friends were the right ones to win the match. Um, I enjoyed the use of Danhausen to put the curse on uh, Slim J, um, which, man, it was crazy uh, just seeing him just pop up on the guardrail, and he's just like, oh, curse. And then that's when uh, Orange Cassidy got the splash to get the win off of that. Um, yeah, this was a fine closing way to close out Rampage. Um, I like the use of Danhausen. Um, again, it's it's. I just don't have attachment to the Trustbusters. I thought Best Friends got got a good performance. It was still a good match, but I just like it was hard for me to really get too invested into it. Okay, I feel you on that one. Yeah, but if we can move off of the idea that I'm being overly negative, I'm just being a little bit more critical, I think, than I normally am. Maybe it's just because I want some specific things. I was specifically, I think the hardest I was honestly was last week when I was saying like, put the title on Athena now, do it now. Um, cause you have no baby face, uh, like, like strong baby faces on your uh, women's division. That was the hardest I've been, but whatever people think I'm being overly hard here. It is what it is, but I, I, I you know what? I think you're being fair. We are the proclivity of positivity. Yes. We do love the AEW, but you know, at some point, uh, Tony, uh, Tony, uh, Shivani admitted that, they, uh, I don't know where this came from, so I cannot quote. I pretty much heard it from someone else. So all the disclaimers are put in front of it that uh, they're kind of going through some growing pains right now, and I can understand that. It's like you were. It's like when you're. Remember the Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago. A few years ago, yes. they had Jalen Ramsey, and they had all these players, and their defense was really good, and it, and everybody was like, "Man, Jacksonville's the team of the future." Then players started wanting money. And it was just like Jacksonville was never the same again after it. They got to a certain point, and you, you, you have to see if you can make that next step. Now, AEW's at the same certain point right now. They are the little, they were the little group to come. They were the revolution. Now it's yeah. like they got big names. They brought in the Danielsons, they brought in the Adam Coles, and they got all this talent on their roster. Can they take that next step, that next evolutionary step? Because I don't think they're anywhere near going out of business. I think the ratings are fine. No. The ratings are fine. But when is fine not good enough? You know what I mean? And that's where we're at right now. So we're going to see how everything's booked. We're going to see how everything's going. It's going to be a wait and see type of moment. And it's weird because, you know, when you were like 2019, 21, everybody's like, oh, they just started. They're they're building up, and you know they're you know they make some mistakes because they're new. And now no, it's, and now it's 2022, and those gloves are kind of off. And you and I well, no, and then people have said too, like again, like it, it, like people expect WWE shows to suck. So when they're uh, when they are like not painful, everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. And then when AEW shows are just okay, the company is dying. Yes, and it's just. And then it's, you know, you have these different arguments on it. And, you know, some of them are fair. Some of them not. Now, most of them not, in my opinion. 
But it's just you have to, you know, you have to deal with it. You have to roll with the punches right now. And I, you know, like it, it's like like right now, I don't feel like the overall excitement for All Out that is usually there for AEW pay-per-views. And it's so weird because they always hit home runs on their pay-per-views. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, I mean, if you say there's anything AEW hasn't done perfect, it's, I mean, the one thing they've done perfect is their pay-per-views. I mean, you literally have the the uh, not exploding ring as pretty much the only blemish on their resume. But if you look at the show before that, it was amazing. So I'm telling you, all out's going to be amazing. I am like, I might not be happy where where my particular team is booked. But I know when I'm sitting in that stadium and at the end of the night, I'm going to want to go get on a microphone and yell how how awesome everything that I just saw was. And, you know, that's that's what AEW does. That is that is the brand. That is the product. That is what they do. They entertain you. Uh, they entertain you. So, you know, you know. Like I said, a little shaky right now, but you know they're going to hit a home run at. You know they're going to hit a home run at all. Yeah, it definitely feels weird considering we're less than two weeks away from All Out. It definitely feels weird, but again, I'm not concerned. I've just, like I said, I've got specific things I would be like, you know what, I'm pointing to this, like, address this. But, like, and that that specifically is around uh, making Athena the TBS champion, fucking do it, and then fixing Rampage. Those things are easy fixes. Those are not massive problems. Those are not like huge, like fucking tear it apart, rip it up and fix it. Every like do like all this work. Those are not hard fixes. Like it's not. I'm not concerned with any of that. And again, um, regardless of the show, just feeling kind of iffy for me for the most part. Even when it's that, I still enjoy it like significantly. Um, but you know, AEW is giving me so much great things and great moments and stuff like that. Um, you just kind of grow to expect a lot of great things. And sometimes when you don't get it, you're like, eh, but regardless, I'm not concerned in the slightest, like, like at all. And we got a pretty solid looking, uh, dynamite coming up for Cleveland tonight. Of course, Dax Harwood's going one-on-one with Jay Lethal, um, which will be a great match despite it not being what Floyd would prefer FTR to be doing. Billy Gunn is going Dax Dax. I do love these singles matches on national TV yes. because afterwards everyone's talking about how awesome Dax is. And you yes. know what? You know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't get tired of hearing that ever. Never. No, 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 no. Billy Gunn is already going to fight one of his kids. Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn is uh, announced. Uh, we're going to have Kylan King back in action as she goes up against Britt Baker. Um, Ricky Starks will be uh, heard from, and we're going to have another, uh, tournament trios match between United Empire and Death Triangle. That's going to be fucking Will, insane. Will Ospreay is on Dynamite for what, the third or fourth time this year? And it's like, I am a humongous Will Ospreay fan. I seek out his matches because every he's one of the, he's not just one of the few people, but he's one of those wrestlers that every match. He it seems like he's trying to go out and get five stars. Not that he cares about the stars or whatever, but every match he's trying to be the best match on the show, the be best, the be best version of himself. So this is not going to be some throwaway six man match. Will Osprey is going to bring it, and you either going to match him or you're going to get ran over. And I'm looking forward to the six man because of that. Yes, and then of course, John Moxley, CM Punk unification match for the AEW world title 
I'm going to be going fucking nuts. Yes. And if somehow we can get Will Ospreay versus Pack, it just somehow leads to them for the uh, All-Atlantic title at All Out, I would go crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be crazy. I saw uh, the Road 2 interview with Moxley saying, uh, CM Punk, the great martyr of professional wrestling, is full of shit, and I'm going to beat the hell out of him. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be crazy, dude. Yeah, this is going to be nuts. Dude, when Mox says he's going to beat someone up, I can know wrestling is what wrestling is, and I still believe it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I still believe he's going to beat him up. <laughs> and it's just like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun match. It is, yes. But regardless of everything, uh, that I think will wrap it up for this episode of I, All I have, Things Elite. I do have one thing. Oh, go ahead, then. I, I just wanted to say they did announce the... Uh, they did announce the um, AEW Fan Fest for the day before All Out. I just kind of wanted to quickly go over the list for people uh, that might be interested. And um, I will say this about this list. I have been to every Fan Fest. Not missed one. Every Fan Fest AEW has done. I will say they um, need to do the bigger names. They they need some bigger names. Uh you have no Jericho at this fan fest. You have no Punk at this fan fest. You have no Young Bucks at this fan fest. And I'm saying, and you know, it might seem like I'm focusing on who you don't have, but that's a huge part of the following. They do have FTR there for me. So, you know, I'm happy. But I'm trying to think about everybody else. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you're in Chicago and you don't have CM Punk. How does that work? You know, I know, I know, I know you're not bad. <laughs> Because that way you don't have to miss CM Punk. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, like the bigger names in the company. It's like you don't have Punk. You don't have Kenny Omega. You know, Kenny Omega's yeah. been gone for nine months. He he can't do an all-out meet and greet. It's actually yeah. crazy just how little of those guys do those meet and greets. You would yeah. think that, like, with AEW and how many meet and greets they used to do, like, those guys would still be good to be doing them. Like, you get Punk doing it if he's at C2E2 or stuff like that, and same with Moxley. But, yeah, same but he Punk. never does them for his For, like, tongue. the AEW Fan Fest. It's, cra- it's weird. I don't get it. And yes, and these are AEW fans in Chicago for this event. You almost expect CM Punk to be there. And it's just like, it's not for me. I've met Punk a few times. I'm good. And like, hey, may, if, you know, if he was there, I would probably meet him. But this is, I'm not even talking about what's best for Floyd. Again, I get my FTR. I have like four people with figures that I can get signed. I'm happy. But some of the bigger names that would make this thing sell out, you don't have. And like, you have your premium uh, they call the limited edition people, and they're it's Mox and Hikaru Shida. Now I have no problem with Mox or Hikaru Shida, and please don't take this as a problem with it. But the people that I know that go, the hardcores that go to all of these, just kind of shrug their shoulders at it. You know, it's like I have a friend that's like, literally, I'm not going to Fan Fest. Why? It's the same people that are always at Fan Fest. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Someone said that to me, that they're not going because it's the same damn people that's there all the time. I mean, it, 
it just like it felt like AEW was more fan friendly a year ago, like double or nothing. And it just feels like yeah. this is a great fan fest, absolutely. But is it as good as it could be? No, that's all I'm saying. And it's just like, and like I said, I'm not saying this because oh, Floyd's gonna come on over here and bitch. I'm saying this because people bitch to me. So I'm like, <laughs> so if I don't represent and say what they say to me, you know, I'm not doing, you know, me as as a person that is on all things elite, and they're, they're telling me like I'm not happy with this, and I'm just like. Maybe someone from AEW listens to the show. Maybe no one from AEW listens to the show. And this is just going off in the ether. But, you know, do better. Yeah. You you, you would think that this wouldn't be. Again, it's not a hard fix. It's really not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not. Put the stars out there. Put the people people want to meet out there. See yeah, you can charge more. People will pay for more. Dude, you could charge. You could charge. Two two fifty three hundred for CM Punk and donate all the money to animal uh, rights or whatever you want to do. Yeah, Paul Chicago. And, 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 yeah, Paul Chicago or whatever you want to do, and CM Punk would sell out before before you even get the thing up there. There would people be in line to meet CM Punk. You could say, "Hey, no personal items, just eight by tens in a picture." You could put whatever ever uh you know stipulations on cm punk kenny omega and all of them that you want and it would still sell out to that point i am on the all-out page guess how many of the meet and greets have sold out none of them Sarah. Sarah. first time i've seen that happen wow almost always one of them sell out the first day almost always None yeah, of them that have is sold pretty out. crazy. We are we are over. It's they've been on sale since nine o'clock this morning Central Time. It is one a.m. the next day, and not one of them has sold out. That should tell you everything you need to know. All right. Well, there you go. I feel like that's that's it. And again, not the best way to close off the show, but, but you know what? You know what? I didn't even put it on the show notes. I had forgot about it. I didn't even know if I wanted to talk about it. But I was just like, you know what? I might as well say it because it's just it leads to this overall. Not buzz for all out. I like there's like for it, me, it, it's compo- yeah. it goes on it on top of it. Yeah, it feels like there's no buzz for this show, and I know it's gonna be a banger. I know it's gonna be a plus. I know we're gonna be talking about it as a show of the year after the show. But right now, it's kind of a hush over the crowd, and that's not really good if you're trying to break your buy rate from last year. Yeah, not not necessarily. Yeah, um, I, but I mean, regardless, last year was Punk's debut, so you probably weren't breaking it. Anyway. Yeah, you weren't probably breaking that now. <laughs> and you also got Danielson and Cole, so yeah, you know yeah. what? You know, it's gonna be like I said, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna we'll be. We'll see hard. what you do. Yeah, we'll see what you do. But anyways, that will close it off on this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. You can continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts if you wish. You can also uh, listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us on podcasts. We are everywhere. Uh, You can also leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, But the easiest way to support us is social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex. Those guys make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have. Austin. L-I-C-Z is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. 
and I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Austin cut out a little bit there, so I am going to say his socials again. It is at Austin Sumowitz. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. That's all at Austin Supplements. And of course, I'm at Floyd Johnson Jr. You can follow me at ATLE Pod. And that was like, there was a little cutout. So I just went ahead and filled it in in case people needed to hear it. But I'm going to leave everyone. I know, might have been tad bit negative on the show, but you know what? We, we go with how we feel. We're never in a negative mood. We're both in a great mood. We're, we're looking forward to Dynamite tonight. We're looking forward to All Out. We're going to get some good wrestling because they put on banger shows. That's what they do. That's the one thing I never question. If you look at the back end, the front end, or whatever, AEW's going to put on a good show. So b- believe that. So I want to leave you as much as this tone might have been off, but you, you need to be good to people. Be positive to people. Uh, with the people that you love, tell them how much you love them, how much you support them. Go listen to their podcasts, uh, you know, go to their TikToks, whatever their social media or whatever. Go out there and don't be afraid to tell them how awesome they are because you don't know when a good word from you will brighten somebody's day and just completely flip it out. Shout out to my friend Jackie. She, uh, If you go to her page, she got a beautiful tattoo inspired by Dax Harwood, and that is, uh, that's so awesome. I can't wait to, for her to be at the show and get to show him, and I imagine there's going to be big hugs and tears and all that good stuff. But uh, I will leave you how I always leave you with the most positive way that I can leave you, whether it is home work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.